Chapter 8 Kittens was an understatement. Rachel was having Bengal tigers and she fired a barrage of questions at me in a high tight voice. I didn't have answers but it hardly mattered. She interrupted every other second railing and gobsmacked at the injustice. She'd evict her kid from a martial war zone only to land her back bang in the middle of a crime scene. When I could get a word in edgewise I said, "Are you going to check tell Jake?" small silence have you talked to jake at all no but i guess i have to if you're going to be finding corpses stashed right above his daughter's bedroom rachel snapped as if i habitually dug up human remains after all willy-nilly and now i needed rachel to bring me in hand before i turned up jimmy hoffa in the zinnias the fact that rachel might call lavender's dad was the only silver lining i could find here i was not a jake fan by any stretch of the imagination but he was the only father lavender had so what now i asked lavender's coming home is what now rachel said in a tone that proved no argument okay you want me to call delta i'll handle it rachel said and fin- finally let me off the phone i took a fast shower and i was barely out when my phone started ringing again it was mom calling compliments of rachel wanting to know what the hell is going on at birchies Of course my parents needed to know what was going on but I'd wanted I'd wanted to be the one to tell them gently with a lot of context I hadn't felt so hadn't felt so tattled on since Rachel and I were 6 and she ratted me out for accidentally flushing mom's emerald chip earring down the toilet and after I kept my mouth shut about Jake I stood dripping wrapped in a towel for a good 10 minutes assuring my mother that there was no reason for me to come right home with lavender i gave her my yankee shoulder bones theory and told her that anyway with birchy sick i was pretty much the adult in charge here maybe so mom told me fretful but you are still my baby that never changes they made me put my free hand over my pregnant belly wondering what the hell i signed up for as soon as i got off the phone i threw some blush and lip gloss at my face hoping it would land in a way that made me look less fraught i tried to get dressed but my fa- very but my very fattest emergency jeans chose to be insufficient to hold dickby ah <sighs> perfect i threw them in the corner as i turned away i caught sight of myself in the mirror even at my fittest i wasn't what you might call a willowy I was built thick with stubby muscle legs and hardly any boobs to speak for but these days my body was looking different I gained a cup size and my hips have rounded out around my belly I was heavier than I'd ever been but I liked my body in the mirror I looked lush and very very female maybe even sexy I guess I stared at myself for a good 10 seconds before I realized what I was doing what is wrong with you I asked my reflection and then went to dig through my small store of packed clothes i knew the answer my judgey prego book said this was common in the second trimester for sex hormones showing all up uninvited to the crazy hormone party already raging up in my legitimately panicked brain i put on a long indian print skirt an outsize outsize t-shirt that i sometimes sleep in and a lightweight baggy cardigan When I checked the mirror again, I looked fat and maybe homeless but not pregnant. Good enough. That would do. By the time I got downstairs, the yard was full of bones. 
boxes, neighborhood, and policemen. Frank was sitting in the breakfast nook, eating a cold cinnamon bun and waiting to give me an update. Did you talk to her? I asked with no preamble. He gave me a brief nod, but his face was grave. I talked, but she was frazzled, but she didn't make a lot of sense. What he says she got up too early. Her routine is off. They're both lying down now. Be patient, okay? Well, at least you kept the moron from filling up the yard with crime scene tape, I said, grateful. The last time the yellow tape had been so much as the light of the day was when Movie Town put up the tanning beds in the back room. Their little stash of rentable pawn moved to a corner with an 18 plus sign posted until the high school boy caught walking out with a copy of Goodwill Humping stuffed on his pants. Cody, of course. Cody had then roped the corner off in glaring yellow, both to indicate a major crime and to try to put teenagers out of the section. Did Chief Dalton ask you a lot of questions? Not much. But once I agreed to let him take the bones off the, to be analyzed, he is being as careful as I am. This is Miss Birchie's house after all. He knows where most of his salaries come from. That's excellent, I said, suddenly starving. I sat down across from him and chose a roll from the tray himself. He took a huge bite and asked around it. Can't we tell them we came across the chest by accident? That we were pulling things out of sentimental value for down for Birchie and found it buried deep? Maybe Birchie saw the bones and panicked. Maybe she wasn't even trying the chest down to the police station. That was a pol- polite title for an office about the size of a good walk-in closet tucked into a square at Brother's Cafe. You mean a uh, flat-out lie? Frank said, regarding me gravely. Yes, hell yes, of course. I said, vehement but still very, very quiet. The house was full of teenagers holed up someplace, whispering about their own concerns and exhausted little late old ladies having naps. My Birchie was 90 years old and previously ill. Whatever she knew or witnessed or was party to, I forgave her. If she needed forgiving, which I wholeheartedly doubted, morality aside, the story won't wash, Frank said. The trunk was locked shut when they tried to run off with it. Martina Mack saw you break that lock out in the yard and she was trumpeting the fact so loudly, I suspect they knew it over Georgia. So what do I tell people? I asked. The lawn and the street in front of the house were clear now, but I knew Birchville. All over town, hot chicken casseroles and bundt cakes were being assembled, and soon neighbors and members of First Baptist would be standing on the porch, bearing food, hungry for information. Nothing, Frank said. Less than nothing. Don't lie, for God's sake. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't let your niece or Miss Birchie or Miss Watty talk either. Tell everyone who shows up here that you aren't allowed because this is an ongoing investigation. I already told Hugh and Jeffrey not to yak on pain of death or 50 hours of yard work, whichever they'd hit more. We'll let them play out, see what Chief Dalton does next. Do we need a criminal attorney? I asked Frank. I thought we might, but Frank shook his head. Not yet, I don't think. I'll tell you when we get to that point ever. I found this answer reassuring. The doorbell rang, but I stayed in my seat. I was exhausted. And after all this week, I'd had a new kind of pregnant hungry that seemed to start in my very bones. I'd finished the roll, but I still felt like I had nothing in my stomach. 
neighborly mac and cheese and avid curiosity were waiting for me at the porch and i was almost willing to brave the latter to get to the former almost fucking fuck i said and buried my face in my arms frank stood up i'll tell you whoever that burgess asleep and to come back later can you find hugh and jeffrey and point them towards the grandma's house they're late already and i don't want to give john an an excuse to text me deal i said happy to exchange problems but if whoever is whoever that is has brought a casserole please bring it in i want to stress it about half of it upstairs i heard young voices pitch low coming from the tower room the door was shut and the tower room was technically lab's bedroom not cool worse i heard only two people talking lavender and one boy or another they were being too quiet for effective eavesdropping and i didn't want to be a sneak with my niece anyway but i heard lavender said the word daddy as i came to the door so they were bonding over the newly smashed families sitting in a closed room with a bed in it not cool at all i knocked once and threw the door immediately open hoping i'd find jeffrey it was hugh of course who had broad shoulders and almost capable of growing a mustache poor jeffrey was still downy cheeked and sliver thin hugh and love have are pressed close side by side on the neatly made day bed hands bent over my laptop they looked up as i came in but they did not move away from each other where's your brother i asked hugh casually i sent him to grandma's mom texted she's pretty freaked out you know um uh, the you know you said the news had already left the square and spread to the very edges of the town super yeah well maybe you should head on over too i said stern enough to make hugh rise yes ma'am you said as lavender set the laptop aside bye lefty as soon as we were alone i said hey lefty how's about you don't close the door when you have a fellow in the bedroom it's not like that we're not doing anything lavender said and she, then she changed the subject is mom making him make me come home of course she is i said no way rachel was leaving her in a house where a le- body has been unearthed or untrunked as it were huntlia no you were supposed to talk her out of it it's stupid it's not like we found a pile of freshly murdered teenage girls under the stoop i'm not in danger i sat down in the overstuffed reading chair pulled a throw a pillow on my lap and hugged it to my digby tummy sorry love but it's a done deal love said it is probably the single most interesting thing that has ever happened to me and and i don't want to go before we even find out who got murdered don't say murdered i warned her instantly no one said anything about a murder lavender looked at me fond and skeptical and patronizing all at once the way i used to look at her when she was 8 and still reverently setting out baby teeth for the fury i had been almost sure and at that point she was in it for the money but only almost come on aunt leah he says unmurdered people get regularly buried not stuffed up into attics she said and damn the kid has a point actually worse if you had already come to that conclusion what was the rest of the birchville thinking most of the town loved birchy but not like i did and i could only imagine the bile spewing out of martina max smug face do i really have to go home i said yes your mom is probably buying you a ticket right this second tomorrow at the latest and maybe even tonight
we'll be headed for the airport you better you better get packed okay this completely sucks lavender said she made no move to rise and get her suitcase out either instead she pulled her bottom lip into her mouth and chewed it i clocked the look in her face guilt she'd done something and she wanted to confess downstairs the doorbell was chiming again i needed to help frank reassure the town get some food into my pregnant body before i passed out check on bertie i stayed where i was though whatever this is it was eating at her just tell me i said gently as i could what did you do i hope to god it wasn't you related we had only been there a few days and they had been difficult i knew firsthand that a loss of father could lead to fast damaging sexual decisions her own mia dad's choices had taught me this when he and i were not old as much as older than what she was now lavender flushed and said we didn't do much you and you i said she nodded i think you should blurt it out fast like taking off a bandaid yank i told you about your baby she said in a rush don't worry he won't tell anyone lavender i said this was so far from the confession i i expected that it was in the another, another universe my personal universe actually one sh- one where she had zero business modeling was lavender was already spilling to the neighbor boy and she was headed home my secret would not survive long in this sharkier more rachel filled waters rachel would go tattle on me more to mom and keith and i would spontaneously combust from all the stu- all the stress he was solid lavender said so dismissively that telling you couldn't be what she was feeling guilty about but we were we were both so sad for the baby why on earth i said but softly but we were in it now telling you my secret mattered to me but this was the part that mattered to her she wouldn't look at me she spoke so quietly that i barely heard her because the baby won't have a dad he won't have one at all even to start with oh honey that's the last thing you need to be worrying about i said of course my kid's fatherless state was going to resonate with these kids the last time love had seen her own father he'd been charging out of the door with a whole foods bag full of underpants and oxfords his family was in an equally disarray was the baby stared did he seem like a mean person lavender asked i don't know do you think this might be this might be more than what about your own dad and not the baby she shrugged inscrutable 13 was so much harder to read than simple sugar hearted 12 have you talked to your dad at all maybe texted him mom told me not to lavender said waving the question away aunt leah just answer me what if i have to go to the airport in like 5 seconds i need to know when you met the baby's father and did he seem like he was nice i took a deep breath and resigned myself to the conversation 13 was urgent and it came with tunnel vision this mattered to lavender so much that she was talking about dick dickby's dad instead of human bones and her own parents i had to take it seriously but i wasn't sure if i had an honest answer myself by the time i had started drinking with the batman i'd been emotionally shipwrecked i wasn't in any state to assess the character of my not yet existent baby's father had been bitch slapped almost 20 years into my past a shame because the day had started out so wonderfully 
at packed about 500 seat auditorium at the fancon they had to turn people away because of the fire codes at the end when the dark horse announced v and v prequel was on the works was in the works the whole host of glorious nerds had risen to their feet to give me a standing ovation foot stomping and hollering after as i walked around the shoe floor people kept sidling up and shyly asking me for my autograph i saw at least a 20 women and two men who came dressed up as violence it was surreal passing cosplay version of a version after version of the killer i didn't i didn't invented each one with a pulse and purple hair short and tall fat and thin young and old all toting pretend knives and rocking high thigh boots my favorite one had smeared deep rust red around her mouth and when she grinned at me i saw the same color in the creases of her pointy prosthetic teeth i even saw a violet in a sweet sea yellow sundress with a taxidermied songbird clipped to her shoulder this kind of thing only happened to cons nerd fame wasn't like real famous i never got recognized at harris theater or non nerd slots inter- interest in my job the second day realized i wasn't in tight with robert downey junior at the batfleck my own family didn't sub- subscribe to the series i penciled and ink mom liked cozy mysteries and books with chicken soup in the title she found violence frankly disturbing and keith only read non fiction rachel had never so much as cracked the cover of the mi graphic novel she told her east speech friends that i was a working artist giving out the embarrassing comic books part but at fancon i was a rock star and i felt pretty good the booths were starting to close and i stepped out of convention hall to get a starbucks in my hotel lobby that was when i saw him derek my ex boyfriend from my art school days he was by the exit passing out pale pink cake pops from a bouquet to his family his wife and children The wife looked like me, short and thick, pale skinned, dark hair. But she looked my look like me if I was 10 pounds heavier, I thought. And regretted it immediately. I didn't want to be that brand of bitchy. She was holding a little baby dressed up as Hulk, laughing, trying to eat her cake pop with her baby reaching for it. He he'd ignored the one clutched in his own f- fat starfish hand. They had two tweeny looking girls as well. one dressed as scarlet witch one as some anime style princess thing i didn't know the girls were gabbling in tandem to derek about some nerdgasm worthy something that they had seen seemed to see in at the con 14 years ago derek had offered me his life the exact one i was seeing or he had tried to i hadn't let him get the ring box out of his pocket and let him ask the question he didn't know that earlier that week I had gotten a long ecstatic call from Rachel asking me to be her maid of honor telling me about the ring Jake my former best friend who had once called the game all the games as sports ball had used the jumbotron at Pittsfield to ask her I looked at Derek the ring box a tattling jump in the pocket of his ill-fitting suit coat we were 21 years old and he had been flushed with pride of legally ordering champagne that he could not afford before he could get the box out i had told him i think we should call it yeah graduation is right around the corner and i'm moving back to norfolk i mean we always knew this thing had a time around it didn't we i went to a friend's place where he got his stuff out from his apartment and leaving him to divide up the shared comic books he's he's snarled up the doom patrol 
where I took as a proof that I had been right to break it off. He knew exactly what Robot Man meant to me. Now, looking at his life with a lobby and a crowd of milling nerds and a gulf of many years behind us, I was sick. I was purely sick and reeling with an understatement that it was way too late. He was a nice guy. He had loved me. I had maybe loved him too. And I had walked. I had walked away from Derek. And later on from Jonathan. And from Kev. And finally three years ago from Jax. I had no good reason. Just a broken, untrusting piece that JJ had created in my very center. I had put my skinny vanilla latte in the trash and walked across the lobby and into the hotel bar. There I had myself some tequila and some Batman. The Batman had approached me actually. Even the, excuse the fanboy freak out, but you're Leah Birch. I love your stuff, the Batman said. The world of admirations in his words. Can I buy you a drink? I liked his wide smile and glint of his dark eyes inside the mask. I wanted to drink enough to stop thinking that I lived alone with 87 mint in package Wonder Woman and a cat named Sergeant Stripes. I wouldn't even let him into the house. I hadn't cared whether Batman was nice or not. In that moment, Batman was being nice to me. It was not enough, but it was something. I had no idea how to explain all this to Lavender or even how much should I explain. I didn't ask for any references, I said at last. I'm not sure what you're looking for here, kid. She shrugged. I'm not looking for anything. Well, no, I am actually. We are, you and I, we went looking for your Batman on the interwebs. Then we thought, um, what if he wasn't nice? Laugh, I said, rocked to the core by so much naivety. Put this kid in a yellow sundress. And there was page two violet bunnies, birds and all. I told you there isn't any way to find him. Please don't worry, okay? My kid isn't going to have lots of family. He'll have you and Rachel and um, I paused, not sure about Jake standing. I skipped his name and went straight to. Your awesome grandparents will be his too. But Lavender checked out of the conversation. She pulled my computer back into her lap while I was talking, swiping her fingers around the touchpad. As soon as I shut up, she said, I'm trying to tell you. Hugh went through your Facebook feed. We figured out that Batman must have liked your page. I shook my head at her. That's crazy. My real Facebook page was under my legal name, Leah Birch Bricks. But professionally, I'd always be used Leah Birch as a tribute to Birchy. But as myself, I maybe had like a hundred friends. My pro pages for Leah Birch and Violence and Violet were huge. Though Leah Burge had more than 20,000 likes and V and V had almost 50,000. There was no way Lav and her little boyfriend had looked through all of those, assuming that Batman even Facebooked. Hugh sorted them out by sex, Lav said, still clicking at the keys. Did you know that more than half of your fans are women? Plus, you told me he was black. And there are so many white boy nerds you, ne- you don't even know. So we ditched everyone, everyone and anyone who look old or like a kid or super gross. That got us down to nine. We started looking through old profile pics and one of them cosplays. Guess what character he dresses like? He didn't say it. I didn't need her too. As she spoke, she turned, to lap- she turned the laptop towards me. There he was, Digby's dad. He wasn't quite as cute as I remembered him. 
but I'd had tequila goggles on that night. Still, he was grinning that cocky grin that had first gotten my attention and it lit up the oversized eyes that made his sharp jaw face sweeter than it had seemed in the cowl. His forgotten nose turned out to be a good one, wide and straight, in size to fit his face. Holy shit, Batman! I said, like a potty mouth version of Robin. I stood up, and the throw pillow I hugged to Dickby fell down to the floor. My gaze, my gaze fell f- from flew from Batman Batman's profile picture to Love's place. Please, please, tell me you didn't let him know about the baby. No, God, no, Lavender said, and I could breathe again for almost a full half second, right up until she had it. We only messaged him once, and then I realized I should have asked you first if he was nice. Aunt Leah, was he nice? What did you say? I asked her. My voice so raw and angry that she flinched. I mean, what did your message say? Just hello. She told me defensive. All we said was hello. I took two steps closer on the screen. I could see that an icon at the bottom of the uh, bottom of my Facebook face was blinking. The Batman had already messaged back.